Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. On today's episode, Andrew shares about where he's currently at with his prayer life. He's married now, and that vocation for him and Cherry has come with different commitments. Over the last few months, he's been working to adjust to this slightly different lifestyle while still keeping up his prayer habits and relationship with Christ. We talk about how it's okay to have changes in your prayer life, and how to find new ways to be present to Jesus in every moment. All right, we're back. Uh, Got another episode coming at you, but... Quickly catching up first, you took a trip last week with Cherry to Montreal. How was that? Yeah, together with Cherry and my parents, uh, just to visit uh, my uncle over there. Yeah, so it was really really nice. So we spent a day in Montreal, and then we went out to his place um, just in... uh, It's not even really the suburbs. It's literally just like in the middle of nowhere. It's like an hour and a half southeast of Montreal. Yeah. In what's called, like I think it's called like the Eastern Counties. Uh, my uncle owns 21 acres of land there. All right. Um, nice. <laughs> so, so we went and spent some time there, and it was really nice. So it was really relaxing. Split a bunch of wood. Just felt like a real man of the earth, you know? Yeah, like a whole <laughs> Canadian lumberjack thing going on. Yeah, except like using a gas-powered machine, but like, hey, what's oh, the difference? Okay. All right. <laughs> Close enough. I was going to make like a Wolverine reference, but never mind. Nope, not at all. No, just uh, it was still really fun, and it's like, you know... I, I've been I've been saying like there's being busy and then there's like getting work done or being productive and like sure. working on a property like it feels so productive because you can like literally see the fruits of your labor right away. I cannot relate. I I have wondered <laughs> in the past what my life would be like if I grew up like on a farm or something. And mm-hmm. I've mentioned a few times on this podcast by now, and definitely all my friends will know this, but I'm definitely not like a handy kind of person. I think maybe growing up on a farm in that environment would probably help a bit to force me to be that kind of person, but I'm, I'm yeah. I would not survive very well. I think if you put me there, it's a lot of fun though. It's it's quite the experience. I think it was enough for Cherry and I as well to be like you know like we love visiting a lot, but we would not want to live in a place like that because it's just the amount of work that goes into it. I think is a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I also cannot imagine you doing that. I think I can imagine you from a practical <laughs> perspective, like getting it done, but yeah. like, just like, man, you being slightly <laughs> more lazy than what that type of lifestyle dem- demands. I, I can't imagine you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. That's awesome. That sounds like a really good, like, little vacation that you guys got to take together. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. How about you? Did you do anything this weekend? No, I, I cut my hair, so anyone watching on YouTube can see that. Um, wow. But yeah, no, that that's literally the update that I have. I, I don't... I haven't done anything. I've been I've been talking to Jen, my girlfriend, about like, oh, like we should go somewhere. We should have some kind of vacation. But like, I think both of us, yeah, both of us want some kind of vacation. But like, neither of us are actually have actually gotten to take it or anything. Um, but I don't know. Maybe a few months down the road, we'll be like, yeah, we we finally got some time off. Even if it's a staycation, I think just being able to take a few like a week off of work would be nice. Yeah, <clears throat> book a hotel somewhere just to not be in the same environment. Honestly. <laughs> It's kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, who knows? So, um, 
Anyway, I guess what we're talking about today, um, I think, is going to be about, um, you know, lifestyles and, and different phases of life, um, I guess, that you've mm-hmm. really found as you've kind of reflected on your last, like, several months now, many months having been married and how things have changed for you. So why don't you just go and take it away and, and tell us what you've been, yeah. what's been on your mind? Yeah, so one of the big things that's that's really come to mind for, or been obvious for me over the last four months now is um, that just my spiritual life now is is very different from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like, I think anyone who has lived, um, I guess, has gone into a vocation. So all of the priests listening, because we know there's many priests, um, you know, <laughs> uh, but anyone, anyone is like in, in that sort of uh, a realm would kind of know what I'm saying here, where when you enter into another stage of, of life in terms of the vocation stuff, um, the way that, uh, you know, God works in all this is very, very different. Mm. And I think I'm really noticing that in a particular way. So with married life now, um, my vocation is, is very different in, in that I have life together with Cherry mm-hmm. compared to when I had life apart from Cherry and dating Cherry. Um, and so the most clear way that that has made a difference is I don't have as much free reign on my over my schedule Mm. and that means that i can't organize my prayer life in the same way Mm. and so that's been something that's been really interesting for me and that's what kind of brought up this topic is you know what like this realistically uh isn't the first time my prayer life has evolved over the course of of my life Mm -hmm. you know um be it through my first experience of adoration when i was a kid sleeping through it Mm-hmm. to experiences of adoration going to gt like the retreat and having lots of music and just really being into the music and then more recently when i go to adoration and, and finding sometimes that the music brings me out of the state of prayer that right. i want to be in at that moment um you know even like those kinds of progressions it's really kind of come to mind and i thought it was worth us talking about you know how do we really reconcile ourselves with these changes that happen I can actually relate to that very example that you've given because so I I'm someone who's pretty involved with music ministry, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or I haven't been in a while, I guess, but in the past, and um, yeah. So for me, it was always uh, I don't know something that was important to me to be involved in whenever like an adoration was going on that I was kind of a part of, you know, whether it's like the GT retreat that we've gone to or other retreats that we've gone to, kind of just putting myself there because it was kind of. Like, I, I felt like it was a gift that, that God had given me um, and almost also just like a passion just to be able to sing mm. um, to Jesus with the with the sacrament exposed like that. Um, that's kind of my favorite mode of singing, honest, honestly. Um, and so, you know, my life for for a while, for many years, even now is 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 oriented towards that when it comes to adoration. But there have definitely been times where um, where. I guess I've I've been a participant in adoration, just kind of being there, trying to be with Jesus, trying to pray, um, sitting, kneeling, whatever. And then it's kind of like I just get distracted by the music. And it, it kind of yeah. gave me some good perspective because, um, you know, now having been on both sides, it's kind of like, well, when I do music uh, during adoration, like I need to be a bit more thoughtful about, you know, is this music really helping whoever's there to mm. um pray is, is the music uh, conducive to praying um right. or am i doing it too much um is the silence is is it okay to have this much silence or should should we do less silence or etc cetera, etc cetera, right um yeah. and having had that additional 
I guess, perspective of just being like, hey, you know, there's there's definitely different modes of prayer, different states that you can be in and um, just things for me to consider, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, not to go too far into the music part yeah. of this, but I think overall, you know, the the primary message in case anyone listening is going through this right now or has experienced this and wasn't sure what to think about it. The first thing to understand is that it's OK. And, and if anything, it's really normal. Um, that this would happen. And and a lot of this has to do with um, the way that God tends to bring us closer to him, right? Um, I think generally speaking, there's an understanding in the spiritual life that we grow closer to God, we grow in our relationship with God, and that necessitates movement, right? Mm-hmm. That implies movement. Movement means you're not going to feel the same way, you know? You're not going to be as amazed by magic tricks when you're a kid, uh, like when you're an adult, as you were when you were a kid, you know, and like that's kind of part of the process of maturing as a Catholic, I would say, um, in a lot of ways. And so I think at least my personal approach whenever this sort of thing, ha- thing happens is to really take a step back and do I'll do two things, really. So number one, I'll talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk to the people around me and I'll say, like, hey, you know, this form of prayer isn't really working for me anymore. Um, do you have any suggestions? And one of the reasons why I do this is that I find, you know, in a sense, it's the flip side of the birds of the fe- of a feather uh, flock together kind of a thing. The people that I surround myself with tend to be similar to me. Yep. And so, you know, sometimes the forms of prayer that work for them are good places for me to start to kind of take a look elsewhere. Right. So an example would be that um, when I started moving away from being as influenced by um by the, the, the praise and worship music, mm-hmm. right? So there was a while where praise and worship music, that was like, that was my bread and butter. That was like really what brought me to a state of prayer. And then after a while, I kind of just felt like I was listening more for the sake of hearing the new Hillsong album than I was for the prayer. Right. Um, and it, and it kind of just started going, you know, off, off in a different direction. And so, you know, what I was able to see is like, well, what was great, and this is part of it too, recognize what was good about the prayer. What was great about praise and worship for me was that it was a prayer of praise, Mm -hmm. that I was praising God. And one of the really beautiful ways to praise God is through the Psalms, which are found in the Liturgy of the Hours. So that was like a really smooth transition in that sense of seeing, all right, like what is the form of prayer? What is this area of prayer? This particular way of doing that prayer isn't working for me anymore. What are other ways for me to pray in ways that are going to be praising God? Mm -hmm. And can I start to try different things and see, you know, how, how they affect my life and if they are giving fruit, right? I I specifically remember those, I don't know if it was a few months or a few years where you would message me and you were like, Hey, have you listened to the new Hillsong album? And I'd be (laughs) like, no, I'm I'm actually a pretty old fart when it comes to the the music that I listen to that that comes to praising worship. Uh, I haven't updated my playlist in like years and years, but like you said, we've, we've been diving into the music a little bit and really the overall part of, uh, or sorry, overall theme of our episode is more so just, I like that you use the word movement. I think movement in prayer, movement in prayer life through your phases of life earlier, you mentioned about you know your schedule having less free reign on your on your time um what do you mean by that and how has that kind of affected your prayer life yeah totally so so my prayer life when i was in in the unmarried life if you will um had a lot to had a lot to do with the mornings really and the evenings 
So my early mornings and my late evenings were basically dedicated times of prayer every day. So in the morning, it would it would be um, as often as I could, which which actually happened a fair amount. I would go um, basically be at St. Mike's Cathedral in downtown Toronto at 7 a.m., mm. take a full half hour to pray um, morning prayer and the office of readings in the divine office because it took all of that time for me at that time in, in, in where I was to kind of get into a good state to receive the mass well, mm-hmm. go through mass. And then if I still had time, depending on my schedule and depending on my energy, um, over the course of COVID, uh, what had happened was, um, it was Cardinal Collins, first of all, who was saying doing mass every day. So that mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we would also he would also lead a rosary in an angelus. So it was, <laughs> it was like a heavy-duty morning of yeah. morning prayer, office of readings, mass, uh, rosary angelus and then you might as well spend half your day at the af- seminary or something honestly right <laughs> and then after work um and after at the end of my day it would be an evening examine and uh and night prayer mm-hmm. that's a lot of my day spent on prayer mm-hmm. um obviously it was hit and miss i don't want to pretend like it was like that was every day but there was a fair m- number of my days were kind of structured that way and um now you know, there's an element where not only do I not control my full schedule in the sense that like there is another person that I need to care about, care for. And we need to make sure that we're respecting each other's lives as we schedule our day. Um, but also there's a, a different vocational aspect to this. You know, um, it's probably not a good thing for me to go to daily mass every morning because if Cherry's not a morning person, then that means that every day my wife has to wake up to an empty bed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know like as much as it's yes this is good for my spiritual life it's like well is it the right choice for my vocation at this time and and i think the answer is probably no Mm -hmm. um and so this is where it's being able to understand like the needs and the way that life and prayer life would be expressed when andrew was unmarried should not be the same as andrew who is married and that's okay and to start to understand, all right, well, where is God now calling me to prayer in kind of the realm of what is possible, what, make, what makes sense now? I think it's so interesting that you bring it up in that light because I think the first thought of, you know, first thought for me and first thought for many of our listeners is definitely like, well, this is daily mass we're talking about, like, right? Like, shouldn't that be your number one priority? Shouldn't that be our, our all of our number one priorities where, mm. you know, we're trying to make it to mass? But I think the answer to that is um, closer to, uh, yes, like we're not saying that we should stop going to daily mass once we get married, right? Or that you should stop going to daily mass because you married Cherry. It's more so, um, you know, within this new lifestyle that you have, it's not so black and white. There's there's additional yeah. things that you need to consider. One of these things being um, the the display of love that you have for your wife, right? Uh, being mm-hmm. able to sacrifice in other ways so that your wife knows that you are being present to her which is your, your, your vocation, which is what God has, ca- has called you to do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily that you might do this, but, you know, maybe you go to uh, daily mass together after work or something, or maybe you find time right. to pray together or something, or go to adoration once a week together kind of thing, as opposed to, yeah. you know, you being in the routine that you had before, which is just straight, straight, straight up 7 a.m., et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's it's definitely not black and white, and it's definitely going to continue to involve, evolve, right? Because... There, there, there's so many 
elements is that are important, right? And I'm glad that you brought up the the praying together piece because I think this is something that also actually comes up as a little bit of a temptation is to think that praying together is the same as me nourishing my spiritual life. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there are different things there, right? So, mm-hmm. so one, it's important for me and Sherry to pray together. And honestly, we probably haven't established as much of that routine as we should. Yeah. Um, but it's also important for me to understand what I like Andrew needs, because in this vocation, we need to be giving to each other. And unless I continue to grow personally, you know, not just as a unit, but personally, I'm not going to be able to give to the vocation in the same way. So in that in that piece, too, you know, I need to respect Cherry's space. I need to understand that she'll need her things to do for her growth. I need my things to do for my growth and we need our things together. Um, so it, it's I mean, it's it's delicate at best, you know, to try and find that balance. Um, but, you know, all things considered, it, it, this is really just another case of, OK, like. And, and this is the way my spiritual director put it, which I think paints it very clearly is, um, you know, we can't fall into the trap of making optional things mandatory. Mm. Daily mass is not obligatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, praying liturgy that is not obligatory for us, you know, for yeah. religious different story. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of understanding that like, it's great that we built these routines, but just because it was a routine before does not make it obligatory now. And it's the same for everything else that has ever given us life. You know, there are going to be times probably for you as well. Like when, when uh, there are certain habits that really give you life now and then tomorrow they won't. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's part of the ebbing and the flowing of the spiritual life. And it's something that we should really accept readily. It's a sign in, I think in a, in in a way as well, it's a sign of growth. You know, it's, you know, it's important to still maintain a prayer routine, but it doesn't have to be the same. it's, this is the theme of our podcast, like every other episode. But I think my what I'm hearing is definitely also just uh, examining the intent of the thing that you're doing. And so mm-hmm. the example I'll bring up here is, you know, in the past when I prayed Liturgy of the Hours, I got into a routine. Eventually, I fell away from it. But if you look at it in in in, in detail with a bit of scrutiny, you'll realize that the reason why I fell away from that prayer habit was more related to a lack of discipline or or laziness whereas for you on the mornings and evenings that you're unable to um you know keep up that 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 routine of of praying liturgy of the hours it's not because you're lacking discipline or being lazy it's most likely because you're trying to fulfill your your vocation of of being present to cherry Mm -hmm. or however however else you want to put it in terms of just you know um finding your own a, a different way of of living out your prayer life um, and so I think for me, that's that's something to keep in mind as well, because, you know, right now we're definitely saying, hey, like here are all these different ways of, of your prayer habits changing, but also make sure that they're changing for the right reasons. Right. Like which is kind of the yeah. whole point of what you're bringing up, I think, is just to make sure we're caveating that is, you know, as you move through your different life stages and lifestyles, it's OK for your prayer to move um, along with that, your prayer, your prayer life and prayer habit to move along with that. Um, like I can't imagine, like, I'm sure we'll have this episode again in some kind of way, you know, God willing, once you and Cherry have children, like, you know, once you have to take care of babies and, and, you know, um, all those things, like that is a whole different change in lifestyle. And, and, you know, I can't imagine you keeping up the habit of going to 7am mass and, and, and saying prayers and going to, um, you know, until like 8am, 8.30am and then going back to prayer life and, and, in the evening while still juggling a wife and a baby and, and, and all those things. So 
Oh, for sure. You know, like life, life is going to change and, and, uh, and that's going to be a part of it for sure. And I think it's, it's, it's really, it's also important to understand that, um, I, I think there are kind of stages of growing in your prayer life. I think there's an element where, uh, making sure that there is consistency in prayer. I want to make sure I phrase, phrase this properly. Sure. Making sure there's like rigidity in the structure of your prayer routine when you mm-hmm. first start building that routine is really important to get into the practice of regularly praying. You know, um, I think that there there is a switch that happens eventually. And I think everyone, you know, if you're anything like me, you need to give yourself permission to fall into this switch mm-hmm. where once you have gotten into the habit of praying, where, you know, looking at God is a regular part of your day. It's infused throughout your day. It's not something you have to like stop and remind yourself to do and then go back to your day. It's just mm-hmm. throughout the day, like, oh, thanks God, that was great. Or like, hey, Jesus, how's it going? You know, that, those kinds of things, which is literally how I phrase my prayers. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, Jesus, you know, I'm having a great day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you get to that time, then then now the prayer routine isn't always about that same level of formality and rigidity so much as the importance is that you're praying. Right. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think the children is a perfect example. Um, oddly enough, or I guess not that oddly, um, many people around me right now have young children. And what I'm finding is that like the, the word that computes the least for them is routine. Mm. You know, it's just everything changes all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that kind of means that even like right now, what I'm talking about is changing my routine. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is finding a different pocket of time where I can have my own nourishment um, that still lets me be a good husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being a father, that's going to be totally different. It, it then would turn into, can I find pockets at all mm-hmm. for prayer? Mm-hmm. And what I, where I'm going with this is that I think learn part of the learning process here is to start to understand that it's not about quantity of prayer, but quality of prayer, Mm. you know, um, it's not about how many of the hours you pray, you know, um, by hours, I mean like whether if you're morning prayer, evening prayer, what what have you, it's about how you approach your prayer. Mm. Even if it's just those two second, like Jesus, I'm kind of tired. This I give to you done Mm -hmm. you know that from an exhausted father can mean a lot more than half-heartedly praying all seven hours of the day Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah no i think that's something even really good for me to consider right obviously you know not having gone through marriage yet or definitely not having children or anything um for what it's worth i mean i guess having um having a dog having bran has changed my life a little bit um where yeah, I, I now find myself um, having to pray the rosary sometimes on my walks with him um, just because mm-hmm. that's the only time I can find that that particular pocket. And it's a time where I can still afford to like feel like I'm still focusing on my prayer because it's just a, wa- a walk mm-hmm. with my dog. Um, but at the same time, not having the full like isolated 30 minutes to, uh, to myself to pray, pray that. Um, I, so, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything, but I, I am curious. Um, so you talked about having to change up your, your routines and in and, and prayer habits. Like, do you have a few examples of having done that over the last few months or are you still working? Honestly, it? like it's been pretty rough. It's still yeah. a work in progress. Uh, I think for me, what I'm trying to look at right now is my mornings um, because I, I still, um, I wake up mm-hmm. early 
often enough that I know it's not a coincidence. I'm I'm not a morning person. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that. Um, but you know, I, I'm pretty sure everyone earlier when they heard you talking about getting up for like 7 a.m. were like, "Is this the Andrew that I know?" <laughs> yeah, totally. And and you know, I think that's part part of it is like, in a sense, you know, and and and, the, and this is something that that I think is kind of interesting. The, even those 7 a.m.s, like, that was kind of God showing me, like, this is how I'll call you. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of, in the sense, in a sense, um, parallel to, oh, my gosh, was it Samuel? Um, who was a servant yes. and was called in his sleep and was woken yes. up in his sleep three yeah. times. Yeah. And it, where it was, like, he was woken up twice and he thought it was something in particular, but then he, he learned that it was just the Lord calling him in the morning yeah. or in the middle of the night. In a sense, it feels to me like those seven days were that kind of same thing where um, it's got to kind of showing me like, listen, Andrew, like when I wake you up, like you can get up and go. Because um, really what would happen is like I would just wake up and and I was just able to snap up and go mm-hmm. in a way that like literally never happened in my life, you know, except for like when there was maybe like a really exciting sports tournament, but, like real realistically like, nothing yeah. ever got me up like that um and so it, i have been waking up a lot more frequently like that still mm-hmm. you know kind of those 6 30 a.m just snap my eyes open mm-hmm. 7 a.m snap my eyes open like no alarm going off or anything mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the time that i've been trying or that i've been telling myself i'll i'll look to bring that to prayer mm-hmm. and just to kind of see you know what what does god want me to do with that time because mm-hmm. it is time where it is kind of just me, you know, Sherry, you know, she, she doesn't wake up at that same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but to be honest, I have been being a little undisciplined with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've told myself I'll do that and I haven't been able to follow through yet, but it's something that, that I'll, that I'll hold myself to, you know, and I'll, I'll put in the, uh, kind of put in the effort and be open to it. Um, because I think it, it goes both ways. You know, there's an element of fatigue in there. Uh, but I also don't want to give myself an excuse. So I'm still working my way through it. And this is literally kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where um, it's just how much of it's real, how much of it is an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, me trying to discern that and me trying to work my way through that. Um, but what does happen throughout my day and, you know, Cherry and I have made a concerted effort to like basically fill our home with icons. It's just like when I walk by a cross or a crucifix, it's just like, hey, Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bought when I was in Montreal. We went to the Orator. I just bought myself a crucifix necklace to like just mm-hmm. have this with me a little bit more, uh, to kind of give me that constant reminder. And and you know those are kind of the prayers throughout the day, where I don't feel badly about any of this at this point. You know I don't feel like oh Andrew like I'm not praying as much as I used to. I did for a bit. I was like oh my gosh like, I'm I'm letting the devil in by not having the same prayer routine. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, okay, well, no, it's okay for me to not have the same prayer routine, but I am praying. So I don't have that same concern that I had at one point, um, but finding a new routine has still been pretty slow coming. And like you said earlier, I think that's very much kind of the central message from from today's episode is, 
you know, it's okay for your prayer life to change, for your prayer routine to change. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, just examining your intent, right? If you're still trying to stay close to God, but in other ways, because your life or your vocation has called you to do so in other ways, that's okay, right? Um, and I think that's really great that you shared that you felt a little bit vulnerable um, in, in, in those moments, but um, you, you were able to find solace, I think, by the grace of God. Um, and also just now that you've shared with all of our listeners, you know, your, your little plan, I guess we can all hold you accountable, um, our moms yeah. and like two other people who listen. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, like part of it too is just looking for new things. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's an element of, um, uh, Maybe it's, uh, uh, <laughs> I try to say this a little laughing. Uh, maybe it's like us being Asian and being more disciplined. I say that because I'm not very disciplined, but sure. Asians traditionally are, are very like, you know, by the book kind of a people, or mm -hmm. at least Hong Kong people are. Mm -hmm. And so kind of that, that concept of like, I have set up this routine. It's really hard to break that, I think. Um, it's good to try new things in prayer. I think that's another piece to encourage yeah. here, right? It's yeah. good to try new forms of prayer. Um, and again, like if you're having a hard time, reach out to either of us. If you're listening to this, you probably know us personally because we don't know. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, or, you know, just talk to your local priest. Talk to someone who you look up to spiritually and just say, hey, like I'm having a tough time with this form of prayer, with like finding a good way to pray right now, what do you suggest? Mm-hmm. I guarantee they'll have something. They might not do it themselves. And if they're a little bit of a hypocrite and, and suggesting something to you that they don't do, don't worry about it. Just take the suggestion, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like, just, there are so many forms of, like, our tradition, our the Catholic tradition is rich with forms of prayer. And so I guarantee that if what you're doing right now isn't working, there is something out there for you. And you don't have to go through every form of prayer you know, just go to someone close to you and like ask like, what's available. What can I try? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely something both, both of us have gone through. Right. Um, mm -hmm. even just reflecting back on our, like, like you did at the beginning of the episode, reflecting back over the last, um, 15 to 25 plus years of our lives. Like you can definitely track the different moments where, um, your relationship with Jesus has changed. Um, your, your, just your personal social lifestyle has changed and how your prayer routine yeah. has changed according to that. So I think that's a mm -hmm. important thing for all of us to remember. Um, anything else you want to add, add before we wrap up? No. All right. So no, I, I think that was really great. Just, um, you know, thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. Um, cause I think it's really insightful for you to be going through it, like literally just in the thick of it right now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and still trying to figure it out. Like you, like you said, and I think all of us will, will keep you in our prayers, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, for sure. And so you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks and until then hope everyone stays, stays well and stay safe. See you next time, everyone.